0: Go Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: Having a good buzz listening to this. popping upon the dream weaver
0: I have just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream
1: Dreamweaver train. Yeah, we lost Gary, right?
0: Try to take away my worries.
1: Two hit wonder. Also, our love is alive. A guy who had a strap and an organ while he stood in play. 70s rock, making out in the back seat of your station wagon rock. No seatbelts. Dad's got a schlitz between his legs. Yeah, that was them. This is now. We are going to remember those that we have lost tonight. Typically, I do it next week. But I will be on Noon to 3 with Hacker Nation. I don't want to put him in an uncomfortable situation. Plus, the incomparable J.J. LaSelva will not be with me next week. So, we're going to do that tonight. All of our musical guests, our artists will be those who have left us. And there's just been way, way too many. Whether it is rock and roll artists, certainly those in Hollywood. Um, my gosh, the athletes in every sport. Um, it happens every year. It's, there's nothing we can ever do about it, right? It's living and dying, and how do you live in between? Right? Isn't that kind of what it's all about? Well, we're going to live tonight, I'll tell you that. And there's a lot of stress out there on the road, okay? Just relax, man. It took way over an hour uh, to get through Southside. I'm I'm guessing an 8, 9, 10-car pileup. Hopefully everyone's okay. Um, I've been told forever that the most, um, you know, significant, severe accidents, fatal accidents actually do happen over the holidays. And, and, you know, it's no matter when you lose someone, it's hard. But wow, uh, to lose someone here, you know, on the day or two before Christmas would be just incredibly uh, awful. I'll be heading out tomorrow morning to pick up my dad in Tampa. I'm going to bring him back in here. Uh, we're going to hit his bar tomorrow night. And um, good thing about him and the fact that he's 86 is that for him, happy hour is at 3 p.m. You know, So we'll be done by 6. And I'll have a few more. But I just got a couple of new books that I need to dive into. I'll watch the football. Then we'll get up first thing on Sunday morning, make our way back here. Get ready for Jaguar football. Will he or won't he? It really feels like he's going to play, doesn't it? I mean, this Trevor Lawrence news is outstanding. He's such a tough guy. Um, I understand where he is, and I understand where you are, okay? There's no middle ground. It's great or it's bad, right? You're, um, You're obese. Or you're a rail. You're starving or you're overfed. You know, there's no in-between here. And and that's where Trevor is. And as a very emotional fan base, one that has been told time and again and time and again, be patient, relax. You want it now. You want results now. And I mentioned this, I think, on Wednesday. I'll say it again to begin the program right here on a Friday. Those of you out there that were really down on what we saw last Sunday night and were calling Trevor Lawrence for this and calling the Jaguars for that, now that you've had five full days to digest it, again, the question is, are you taking it back? This is a flip-the-coin type of game. Tampa Bay has a productive offense. They cannot run. They are outstanding against the run, and the Jaguars are down more than a full point per than they were a year ago, right? 4.7 in 2022, down to 3.6 so far this year. I I don't know how you can expect this team to really go deep into the playoffs if you cannot run the football. They're 26th in the NFL. Tampa Bay's worse. They're 29th in the NFL. Both of these teams are outstanding defending the run, therefore. Kind of crazy how things like this work, right? In a game where you will say, hey, neither one of these two teams can run. And Jacksonville's numbers have been inflated a little bit because they allowed the 251 this past week uh, against Baltimore. Why do I believe it comes down to a big play on the ground where everyone's going to forecast Baker you know, Mayfield coming off of maybe the best game of his career and the expected return now of Trevor Lawrence, and my whole point with this is I understand the frustration, but now that you've had five full days, come on. I mean, who do you want under center past 4 o'clock on Sunday, C.J. Beathard or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, The question is perhaps as easy as the answer. All of you out there screaming right now for Trevor Lawrence. Today, Doug Peterson gave us the very latest on his quarterback, he said this before practice on this Friday morning. Here's head coach Doug Peterson.
0: I mean, obviously still in, but uh, part of protocol um, and where he's at in the stages uh, is he can uh, he can practice today. Um, that still doesn't mean he's cleared, you know. But part of it is to actually go through a, a, a practice and the you know the stress and all that kind of stuff on him. So um, he'll be out there today and, and going going through it.
1: It's great news, and there was video of him out there playing. I'm I'm told that he um, got a lot of work today with the first team offense. I I don't know if he's going to play. I just don't. I I find it very interesting, however, that you know, as soon as I got off the air yesterday, I got one of these. Uh, I don't know how it works with the phone. That this. A, I are you in the New Year resolutions? Is that something that you do?
2: I have the same one every year. Okay, put on weight, and it's to make it to the next New Year. <laughs> Hey, so far thirty-three this sh- of thirty-three. This this is a show for
1: that because we're we're gonna say goodbye uh, to a lot of people again tonight, and, but, and remember them. But no, not really. Okay, I mean, what does everyone? Do? Oh, I'm gonna be more active yes. this year. I'm gonna drink work less out. soda or something. Yeah, I'm gonna drink less soda, drink less coffee. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose weight. Um, my New Year resolution is uh, I'm gonna get with it. I'm gonna get technical. We need a word for that. Okay, I never even talk about the fact that we're on YouTube. I never even talk about the fact that there are so many other ways that you can listen to us. And I, 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 I'm saying this because last night I'm, I'm just about ready to get into my beautiful key um, GMC Sierra and pull out of here when I get a bleep and I look at it and there's a tweet from, or some sort of an update, not a tweet, but an update then Ian Rappaport says, Trevor Lawrence, most likely not going to play. And then there's a story that goes on to say, if you miss Wednesday and Thursday's practice with a concussion, very rarely do you play. All right. And then sure enough, we saw what happened several hours after the fact today this announcement by Doug Peterson. And then, you know, Trevor going out there and, and giving it a go. Uh, last night, we were talking about the concussion protocol. And I still have a lot of respect for my former job as the sideline reporter. There's a lot of things that I saw and a lot of things that I heard. Believe it or not, I'm smart enough to understand that some of those things I should never repeat. Okay? And to me, injuries is a big part of that. If I have ever been able to see something behind the scenes, if that makes any sense. If I saw things that I'm probably not supposed uh, to see. So, you know, I was asked about the concussion protocol and we were going back and forth on it uh, last night. And, you know, I, I've, I've seen some things and I did see uh, some things even this past weekend. And, and out of respect for that, I'm not going to repeat it. Okay. and, it's not a, oh, I know this and you don't. I, I'm, you know, that's pompous. That's ridiculous. It's respect. I also would never go to Dr. Kevin Kaplan, who's a friend of mine, or anyone else over there and say, hey, what's going on? Tell me. I draw the line with that. Okay. Free agency, the draft, whatever. That's one thing. But when it's an injury, I'm just telling you the way that I operate. However, I did have a long conversation last night with someone who's not affiliated with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I I really learned everything that goes in to the concussion protocol. How they test immediately after the injury, whether it's during the game or after the game. In this case for Trevor Lawrence, he didn't tell anyone. We all believe he got hit with the five-minute mark to go. Running the football, he did not. Slide. He did not go to the ground, took a shot, and therefore he told the team after. It, it obviously delayed things. It took Doug Peterson 47 minutes to come talk to the media. Again, that doesn't have any effect on me. I, I don't have a deadline. I don't need to post stories. Um, I could wait all night. I, that's fine. Others were were bothered by that, and, and uh, you know, push comes to shove. I'm always going to support – the reporters, I'm oh yeah, I have fun with them here and there. I, I'm going to report those that are there to uh, to do their job. I'm not ripping Peterson here. I, I'm just saying you hope it's a one time deal because his quarterback all of a sudden was wobbly. His quarterback all of a sudden was being tested for a concussion, so you have that type of stuff immediately thereafter, and then you have it gradually throughout the course of the week. And I I think the biggest conversation piece that people have when it comes to a concussion, is there any tomfoolery involved? Can you fake your way through a concussion? The way that you can fake your way through probably any other injury legitimately neck to toe, right? So much of that is pain tolerance. So much of that is them watching you for those of you who who don't get inside a, a a field, you know, inside a stadium, the way it always works, and I didn't always see it during home games, even when I was a sideline reporter, but but I did on the road because we would actually get there. It's crazy, man. We'd get there at like eight o'clock before a one o'clock kick. we would just um ridiculously early. And, you know, we all had some pregame responsibilities to do on the radio, not that far out. But anyway, one of the things that I enjoy doing to literally kill five hours until toe met leather would be when the strength and and conditioning coaches would work out injured players. And you know the NFL rules that you have 90 minutes until to announce your active roster and also who is being scratched, whether it's a healthy scratch or it's an injured player. You, you watch these guys work, and they go through all different sets and sorts of drills to be able to figure out whether or not they're going to be able to play that day, okay? I think you can fake some of that if you're a tough guy and the pain is immeasurable, yet you can pull it off, right? I want to believe that Brandon Sheriff did that a year ago. There's a tough guy. Hadn't been playing great football, but he's a tough guy. Right, Trevor Lawrence came out with that bad ankle three weeks ago. I'm still surprised he did that. He's a tough guy. The other thing is pushing off first. I mean, can you just simply do it? I'm not even talking about pain. I'm talking about can you do your job? Or does the injury prevent you from actually being able to do that? The concussion story is totally different. Um, a good Maybe I'll get into this a little bit later on. I'm probably boring you with this. I'm going to move on. You know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I imagine we'll know 90 minutes before kick, unless it's leaked somehow tomorrow, that he's cleared. There's no doubt if he practiced today, if he's cleared, he's going to go. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer, and that's good news. But I, I guess to make this long story not as long, um, it's very difficult to fake your way through a concussion. The, the, the testing has improved. And the concussion protocol is absolutely about as good as you could ask for. So, just wanted to get that out as we get things started right here on this Friday. Much coming up on that. The Jaguars and the Bucks. It's it's not a must win. It's not. But you don't want to lose four straight. Okay? You just don't want to do that. Um, You got to get off the schneid here. I still think the biggest concern for the Jaguars is running the football. That has been just terrible as of late. They cannot run with the interior. It's, frankly, it has to be scrapped from the, from the game plan. You know, this whole, oh, we have 15 scripted plays. Well, you know, when you're scripting plays, if you're going to run Travis Etienne on first and 10, if you're going to script it, have it second and 11 or 2nd and 12, or maybe 2nd and 9. Uh, you know, I mean, so if you're going to run up the guard, you know, and, and in this league, you're not supposed to have enough speed to run outside. Outside linebackers and safeties will crush you, especially good teams with defensive ends who can set the edge. It's not the old days of the wishbone or the wing T, where, you know, you ran a bunch of sweeps and you ran some options. At the NFL, you don't run outside the tackles successfully. You run with your interior. You run inside the tackles with your guard play in your center. And it's not working right now. They're getting blown off the football. It, it, it's a weak interior. Luke Fortner, weak. Brandon Sheriff has always been a guy that's considered more athletic than he is physical. And I think he's beaten up. Now, there's a guy right there that I, I I do I have so much respect for him because he's a tough guy, but I don't believe he's playing anywhere near close to one hundred percent. Cleveland actually played better this past week. Uh, that is um that is somewhat, you know good news, and unfortunately, the guy next to him had probably his worst game as a pro. Uh, That is your left tackle, Walker Little. So we'll talk about all the ins and outs to get ready for this football game. Again, they'll meet for only the eighth time. Uh, Jacksonville leads this series all-time, four games to three. You know, John Osher and I talked about it earlier in the week. There's only one Hall of Famer out there in this game on Sunday, and that's Mike Evans. All right, Now, others can certainly, um, younger players, head towards that. But right now, that's all you got. You've got one Hall of Famer, and Tampa can't run. You know they're going to try to get it done in the air. And all of a sudden, you know, I talked with Monteric Brown yesterday, and you've had the youth movement there within your secondary, uh, Tyson Campbell. This is huge for him tomorrow. Andre Sisco, this is equally huge for him tomorrow. And, you know, I, I, I think I've been pretty consistent over the years, when it comes to injuries, how I'm always, well, if it's push comes, the shove, sit him out. I've always kind of played that role, especially early. Well, that's over now. I mean, you got three games remaining. This is when, again, if it was week three, all right. my feeling is sit him out. Now that it's week 16 and you have three games remaining, you got to play him. I mean, if you can't go now, when are you going to go? So I'm going to go on record right now. I think they play. I think Tyson Campbell plays. I think Andre Sisco plays. And, yes, I think Trevor Lawrence plays. I think he'll pass the concussion protocol. I think all three of them are good to go Sunday for the Jaguars. Officially, they did have, you know, five players who were listed as questionable today. Zay Jones, even though he was moved from uh, DMPs, did not practice on both Wednesday and Thursday. He was limited today, so that is certainly better, right? That's trending upward, but I, I still don't think he's going to be able to give it a go. And Brenton Strange is the last guy on here with the foot. Uh, he's been limited uh, for the last uh, couple of weeks, and he's missed now, what, I want to say three to four Games, uh, you know, the bottom of the roster. they it feels like they're kind of wasting spots. Um, I think they had less than five snaps last week for um, uh, Doug Peterson's kid. Uh, I don't even know his name. What is it? Is It Brett Peterson. Josh. Yeah, it Josh Peterson. I mean, you got to make a play. And I mean, if you make a name, I'll. I mean, when you make a play, I'll know your name. I, I, he had one play for Tank Bigsby. Um. No. I mean, this is a team that you need to use those roster spots. You just can't put a guy out there and not have him do anything. To me, that sounds like a superstar type of team, you know, a dynasty. This team has to get something out of each and every one of their players if you are going to, in fact, activate them. So. Maybe we see Peterson go to the bench this weekend in uh, the addition of Brenton Strange again. I don't know. Talked with Luke Ferrell yesterday. Possibly we'll replay that for you coming up a little bit later on as well right here on this Friday. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by the good folks over at Schmunez Vision. Man, I'm looking forward to 2024 with the fine folks over there at Schmunez Vision. And I want you to really take advantage of this. You know, I try to be as passionate as I can talking about the eyes because I've had major problems with my eyes. I've always had bad eyes, okay? I think I was 16, and I think I struck out on, like, an 85-mile-an-hour fastball, middle in, right over the heart of the plate. I mean, any, any jockey could, could, could have taken it uh, maybe to the downs, and, and I waved at it. I was like, man, that's not me. That's not my athleticism. That has to be my eyes. So I got checked. And yeah, I needed glasses to hit. And then I needed glasses to see the chalkboard. All right? Back then, it wasn't too trendy. Back then, it wasn't too cool. You know? Now it's like, who cares, man? I mean, just be able to see. Whether you're driving home now after it's gotten dark, just ask yourself, how much weaker are your eyes now compared to when you got up this morning? It's simple fatigue. It happens to our entire body. It happens to our mind. It happens to our eyes. I had surgery eight and a half years ago. Dr. Neil Schmunez just went in for a normal checkup, as I've always done. He said, Bro, you need surgery tomorrow. We got to get that out of there. They did. Cancerous, right inside my right eye. Guess what? Never a problem, never a setback. Every time I visit, I get thumbs up. That's great. I want you to have the same type of feeling. That this family organization gives you. And that's what they are. Dr. Catherine Schmunez, as well, fellowship trained in cornea cataract surgery combined. Uh, the two have more than 30 years in laser eye surgery. Just check out the website. Everything is right there for you. Schmunezvision.com. That is Schmunezvision.com. Care you can see. All right, let me come back. More on the Jags. And let's head over to God's country. I'm tickled. I am. They did something today, and I'm going to tip my cap, okay? Uh, There's been a lot of hot air that's been blowing. There's been a lot of feel sorry for me. Today, they stood up. Today, they took it on, and they had to do that with this bot announcement. They couldn't come out and complain more. There had to be something substantial that went along with it, and it certainly happened. Florida State suing the Atlantic Coast Conference over their GOR uh, contract with ESPN, which currently runs through the season of 2036. When we come back, we'll dive into that as well. It's great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballew alongside JJ LaSelva. If you want to comment, get us on the text line. That is 641-1010, and it's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure.
0: To the night with Rick Baloo on 1010 XL 92.5 FM. All, end,
1: All right, Randy day Meisner day. died as well uh, this year. The, the original bassist doesn't sound like him. Do we know if that's him? It certainly doesn't. No, yeah. sounds like a chick. Is that Dolly? Did Dolly Parton perhaps sneak in? Hold on. Yeah. Randy Meisner, the original bassist uh, with the Eagles. And, you know, the Eagles was what? The late Glenn, Glenn Frey and uh, and Don Henley. And every once in a while, Joe Walsh would sing a song. And and uh, Meisner's replacement, uh, Timothy uh, B. Schmidt. But Randy Meisner was the only guy who could carry this tune. And I read about it and also saw it in the documentary. But he did pass... He was also a part of Poco, that classic rock fans, uh, soft rock fans will remember. You know, Crazy Love, uh, Heart of the Night, talking about down in New Orleans. Love that song by Poco, but he did pass as well. Um, Randy Meisner, And, and if you're thinking about that fight on stage that happened or right after they were on stage, that was Don Felder. Who had words with Glenn Fry, not Randy Meister. During the show. Yeah, it was like it got political. They were like I think it was a governor in California that they were repping. Might have been Governor Brown, who eventually, you know, ran uh to become the president. He didn't he wasn't on the ticket, but at least early on he was had his name in it, but yeah, he was bothered by that. I guess, you know, the band said, Sure, we'll come out, we'll play, we'll do this. And I guess Meisner, or excuse me, Felder, Don Felder, had different political beliefs. And that's where it really Senator got out
2: Alan from. Cranston. Okay.
1: 1980.
2: Yeah. You know, that and was he the said, end of the road. Uh, Felder responded by saying, You're welcome, Senator, I guess. <laughs> And then uh, Don Henley took offense to that. Yep. Yeah. But it was Fry who went toe-to-toe with him. Oh, not okay. Henley. Only, only three more songs till I kick your ass, pal. Yeah. Have you ever seen that That's documentary? No, I haven't.
1: They actually have, you can, you can hear that. They, they, you know, they video, it was back in 1980, but they have the video of that. And it was a really good uh, documentary. No question about that. All right. You want to comment? You can. 641-1010. Again, I'm going to remember a lot of folks tonight that we've lost uh, in 2023 because this is JJ in our last show. Next week, I'll be in noon to three uh, working with Hacker. So um, that'll be a lot of fun. But I, I just wanted to uh, say goodbye to some, some folks tonight. Tina Turner died this year. Tony Bennett Died this year. I mean, kind of like the Queen of Rock, right? Or the Queen of Pop. W- what did she go by? T- uh, I mean, Tina's actually in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a, uh, as a rock and roll star. Queen with her, of rock and roll. Uh, with her former husband. And, you know, Tony Bennett's kind of like the last standing great lounge singer. Uh, Vegas singer, right? Tom Jones. I I believe he's gone. If not, I haven't heard from him in uh, in in, in quite some time. So, we'll remember all those folks tonight. Tom Jones is. Yes. How old is he? Eighty three. Okay. He's got a lot left in the tank. Boy, he's thirteen years younger than Tony Bennett. Bennett died of the age of ninety six, and you know he kept it going uh, forever. We lost a lot of actors this year. Pee Wee Herman. Forgot that he died. Burt Young from Rocky. Great character actor. Always, you know, kind of drunk, overfed, pissed at life. A lot of mob movies. uh,
2: What's-her-name's brother? Yeah, Adrian's
1: brother. A lot of mob movies uh, that he was a part of. Uh, Alan Arkin. Passed. That was disappointing. Tom Sizemore battled drugs. Time and again, uh, Richard Belzer. I, ne- I never watched Law & Order. I just just didn't.
2: That's actually surprising. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the whole thing. It, it, I don't know what it was. I, it, All these are based it, on real stories. What what year was the pinnacle for Law & Order? What years? <sighs> Probably like 99, to 2004. So I was working nights
1: in Chicago. That's why I didn't watch it. Lance Reddick, man, great character on the wire.
2: Oh yeah, he great was, uh, character.
1: Mm-hmm. Really uh, appreciated what he did. It, it seems as though he played the kind of the same role. Bubbles. And and about everything that he did. No, he wasn't Bubbles. Bubbles was the homeless guy, the informant. So what's this guy? Reddick was Reddick was a cop. Oh, okay. Always had kind of that smirk on his face. Another guy who
2: was permanently angry, which I can appreciate. Yeah, he was uh, Lance Reddick, was uh, Cedric Daniels. There you go.
1: We got more rock stars. Many more have passed, unfortunately, as well. We're going to play music from them uh, throughout tonight. I'm going to get certainly to athletes. Way too many have we lost uh, as far as... uh, Fallen athletes, including some of the best to ever play. I mean, some incredible Hall of Famers. All right, we have the two best to ever play. Uh, Jim Brown, maybe the best running back of all time, and and Dick Buckus, possibly the best linebacker of all time. All right, Florida State today. Let's let's play this opening comment if, if we can. Uh, let me find it here. The desk is cluttered, and I love when it's cluttered. This is Peter Collins. I I did watch this presentation today, and You know, I'm going to straight up, it was an A+. Florida State was well represented today. I I know that I was a little bit of a gas bag uh, yesterday because I was concerned that this was going to be a double down as far as complaining and everything happens to me and why do we get left out. And that does become exhaustive. I'm not trying to change your opinion as a Seminole fan. You should be upset. You should complain. But the leaders have to do something about this. And today, they did. Trustee Chairman Peter Collins had this the to say.
0: Today, we've reached a crossroad in our relationship with the ACC. We are faced with the fact that the ACC is locked into a deteriorating media rights contract at revenues far below other conferences. I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights and its severe withdrawal penalties. None of us like being in this position and I know the president and our athletic director don't like being in this position. However, I believe that we have exhausted all possible remedies within the conference and we must do what we believe is best for Florida State, not only in the short term, but in the long term.
1: So there you have it Uh, a little bit earlier today. Now it, it was, incredibly thorough, and listen, I, you know, here I've gone talking about my conversation last night, someone who's not with the Jaguars, but just talking about the entire concussion protocol, and now getting into uh, lawyering, okay, way out of my league, okay, I'm not even close to it, but I learned quite a bit today about the grant of rights and what I think is the most telling part of all is that the grant of rights are under lock and key. You, you can't even look at these files unless you fly out to North Carolina. You're not allowed to Xerox copy them. You can't even photo copy them, okay? So it's, it does feel a little bit unscrupulous uh, if you will. And and I think the biggest bit of contention here for Florida State is that they have plenty of material that states there's never been a 20-year agreement when they picked up uh, the grant of rights that went through 2036. There's never been one of that particular length. And in even though Florida State and others were, from my understanding, uh, outwardly Speaking about renegotiating, they allowed... Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, let's see. All right. The ACC struck its initial media rights with ESPN in 2011 and renegotiated in 2012. included a schedule of annual Tier 1 cash payments for nationally broadcast football games, $33 million apiece. Um, but this is where it gets confusing. Rather rather wait until negotiate better terms, they, the ACC granted ESPN an option to extend the Tier 1 contract until 2036 without receiving additional compensation. So think about that for a moment. I'm not going to compare the ACC to the SEC. That's foolish. I'm not going to compare the ACC to the Big Ten. That's foolish. But we remember the enormous amount of money CBS was paying the SEC. I want to say they tripled that amount in their latest contract. Are you trying to tell me that as bad as the ACC has been, Clemson's won a couple national titles, you only got, what, three schools in the ACC, who have won national titles. I, I guess I should put Tech in there. Georgia Tech won it in 91, and Pittsburgh won it back in the day of uh, of Tony Dorsett. But come on. it's It's Clemson, it's Florida State, it's Miami. Th- those are the big-name recognition schools. And they added on all of those years without a raise, without a profit, without more money. So that was a major talking point today as as something that could end up producing um, somewhat of a loophole during this negotiation. Now, listen, I I don't want to overdo it because it is boring and it's going to take a long period of time, but this is what you need to remember or understand more than anything else. Right now, the ACC is saying it's going to cost Florida State $572 million to leave the Atlantic Coast Conference. Florida State's goal is to pay nothing. OK? Zero. So look at the difference. 572 million to zero. And you have all these questions about, you know, Florida State doesn't have a, a, a dance partner. Where's Florida State going to end up? Um, truthfully, what I do think is going to happen is this: I don't think the SEC or the Big Ten neither one of those two conferences right now is like, we desperately need Florida State. I don't think so. But what I think the fear is going to be is allowing the other conference to get them. that make any sense? Okay. Again, I, I just can't see the Southeastern Conference where you have Florida and Georgia and, and you got that small window with those two teams, not to mention... Bama and Auburn and LSU and South Carolina, all these other schools that you basically are recruiting out of the same well. You don't really want Florida State coming in there. Florida State's won three national titles since the mid-'90s. Okay? They, with additional funds, and they in general, have proven this year that if, if Travis was healthy, Jordan Travis, they would have had an opportunity to play for a national title. Florida State, resources-wise, they just had a top 10, top 11 recruiting class. I think they're going to knock it out of the yard in the transfer portal. They're going to have a chance to play for championships. So what is the SEC going to say? Do they want them to play for those championships in the Big Ten and still recruit right here from that same well? Or is the SEC, who basically wins national championship Year after year after year after year, set aside Clemson, set aside Ohio State. But that's basically it. Just look at the last 20 years. All right, they're not part of the old school SEC, but wouldn't we rather have Florida State win a national title in the Southeastern Conference as opposed to winning one in the Big Ten? I, I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't know that. My guess right now is Fox Sports and the Big Ten. That That's my feeling. Now, much of this is going to continue uh, before it's all said and done. So, you know, finally to wrap this up, Florida State is accusing the ACC of restraint of trade, breach of contract, failure to perform. It also challenges the legality of the withdrawal penalties, okay? I knew that was going to be a big part of this. Florida State became the only team to ever go undefeated and get left out of a college football playoff. They are going to argue that the Atlantic Coast Conference is not competitive enough that if they were in another conference and they were undefeated, they would be in that four-team playoff. I still think the ACC has a fight here because they can simply say, well, the College Football Selection Committee had it in their rules that if a player or players got hurt, you could be left out for that reason and that reason only. So it almost feels like they have a defense here. But we'll see. What do I think is going to happen? I think they're going to settle. I think they're going to go in guns blazing. I think the ACC and, and, you know, the cowardly response today by Jim Phillips, just roasting Florida State. Jim Phillips is terrible at his job. Yeah, I said that long before I was aware of this. I said that day one in Charlotte when he was introduced. It was 24 hours after the fact when Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, had a full plan. And he'd to athletic directors and presidents, everything COVID-related. What if your team develops COVID? He had a full plan for suspensions, cancellations. It was the number one issue in that time period. Sankey was brilliant. He had it all lined up. Phillips, a day later, was asked the question, you talk about a deer in headlights, Uh he acted as – he. it was similar to Roger Goodell in consecutive years when he was asked by the now out – the now fired reporter when he was asking about African-Americans being more involved um, at NFL.com and some other higher principles. And, and Goodell couldn't answer the question. Remember that? Two years in a row, Goodell looked back and was like, well, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's not my responsibility. I, I don't head that up. I mean, consecutive years he was asked that. He was totally unprepared. Jim Phillips had no clue about the COVID question. And immediately turned around, said, so, well, I'm going to have to talk with the presidents, I'm going to have to talk with the athletic drugs, and, you know, try to spin things around, talking about the white picket fence. And now, only a few teams are the white picket fence. They're on that side of it. We want everyone else in the conference to be inside of that. He sounded like a lying politician talking to the poor. Lying. Like all politicians do when they want the vote. What do they do? They go to the poor and they tell you that you're going to get things better than you have it right now. We're going to lower taxes with you. We're going to tax the rich. We're going to help. And it's all a lie. Right? That's what Jim Phillips did. Greg Sankey went around. He did every interview possible before Bama played Georgia. He did them all. TV, radio, this, that, yelled out windows, everything. Georgia's in. And if Bama beats them, both should be in. What did Jim Phillips do? He went freaking Christmas shopping. Jim Phillips did nothing. He did no interviews. He didn't stand up for Florida State. He didn't fight for Florida State. He was pissed because Florida State aired out dirty laundry in August. We're in something else today. The, that whole sunshine state law where apparently you cannot have private conversations with the board of trustees. Everything has to be public. Wasn't aware of that. I'll admit it. You want to hammer me for it? Come after me. But the fine bombs and everyone who wrote all of those scathing articles crushing Florida State, they weren't aware of that either, because that really smelled. You know, I, I'm hard-headed when it comes to my thinking where, to me, it's always about the end result. And the end result, to me, is winning and losing. Okay, So I have been so aggravated and my blood has been boiling because they made these ridiculous comments when they were 11 and 13 in their last three years in the ACC. And they were a year removed from losing to Jacksonville State. I have a tough time dealing with that. You flex your muscles when you're on top. Florida State was nowhere near on top. And Drew Weatherford doubled down today. He said exactly what I've been saying since this came out. Drew Weatherford said in a million years, he never thought Florida State would be undefeated this year. How many times have I said that on this show? They set up Mike Norvell to lose. By publicly saying they cannot compete to win a championship in the Atlantic Coast Conference, that was the final nail in the coffin, in my opinion. And Weatherford doubled down today on it. Yeah, I think Boo Corrigan stuck a big bird right to Florida State. I think Jim Phillips stuck a big bird right to Florida State. Even though it would cost them money, what four million? Florida State would have gotten two, two of the six, so they would have gotten four million. I, I, I think their ego, I think their hey, you take that, was more important to them. I do. So we'll see. It's going to be, um, it's going to be fascinating. To kind of follow this story, I, I have to believe that Jim Phillips and the Atlantic Coast Conference, and I have to believe those folks over at ESPN do not want this going to discovery in the court of law. I have to believe that there is a lot of information and a lot of stuff that's going to come out that will hurt them. You know, this whole 15 teams and you, you get the same amount of money, you know, bringing in these markets, SMU, Cal, Stanford, those are top markets, San Francisco, Dallas. Here's the problem. They suck. I mean, ask yourself this question. When's the last time you've gotten fired up for an SMU football game? Are you going to change your plans here? Because SMU's playing on Saturday. Are are you going to change your plans because Cal is rolling in to play North Carolina State, or Duke is heading out to the farm to play Stanford? No. It's a joke. Even though they're top ten markets. That was more important to him. I am happy about what Florida State did. And it's the best I've felt really since any of this uh, came to fruition. I, I feel like there's a chance here. So, $572 million, that's what the ACC wants. Florida State's saying, we're going to pay zero. We're going to pay millions of dollars in lawyer fees. But we're not going to pay anything close to $572 million. I think they settle. I think it'll come out. At some point this spring, this summer, and I think you'll see Florida State leaving the Atlantic Coast Conference midway through 2025. And right now, my guess would be they will be eligible to play college football in another conference by 2025. Now, I understand schedules are built so far in advance that maybe it takes an extra year. I, I, I don't know. That's way, way, way out in front of us. But today was a better day than I expected. So, Noel fans, you should be happy with if – you, if you did listen to this earlier today, I know it was viral, and, uh, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was, it was much better than I expected, okay? And I just want to come out and say that. All right, we got much more to do. Let's see here. Coming up on 7 o'clock, uh, your reaction to that, your reaction to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars – it's all good. Six four one ten ten. 1010 if you'd like to join us right here on 1010XL. Of course, that is our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure.
0: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, he sang about it all, including Pascal Gula,
1: where he's from. Ian Teabock, Terrell Buckley wonder if T-Buck and Jimmy Buffett kind of ever had a uh, a rum together. I do not know. This one was a surprise as well because he had been out touring, right? But uh, Jimmy Buffett. A couple of Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Uh, Robbie Robertson died of the, the band, right? Canadian rock. Uh, uh, Robbie Bachman died, drummer, his brother at the time. You know, brother was the lead singer of the Guess Who, right? Robbie Bachman with drummer, uh, with, uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. When he announced his, uh, death came days after Jeff Beck. He said, now Jeff Beck's got a drummer in, uh, in heaven. You know, we had, we had Derek Trucks on after, uh, Jeff Beck passed. Uh, Derek went over to, um. He went back to London, and what's the famous hall there is it albert is it Albert Hall he sent me I off the scroll through the text, but he sent me some pictures of um he and his wife and so many stars Eric Clapton Royal Albert Hall thank you and um, you know the original faces with Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart and uh, who I read someone someone on the text on the day said that, that Rod Stewart sucks and I was like I don't get offended in sports, but when you when you tell me Rod the Bod, so the guy's eighty and he's still bringing it. Okay, I mean, come on. I saw him what two years ago at Daly's place. It was a great show. It was almost like a Las Vegas show. with with a a pretty incredible stage act, you know, several background singers. But uh, yeah, t- so th- there you go. Even more. Uh, musically speaking, uh, stars who, in fact, uh, we have lost. Okay, we're going to give you our picks coming up here on the other side. I I, want to get caught up. Again, I've been a little bit long-winded today because this Florida State stuff is incredibly thorough. Uh, But listen, this is the best that I think you can expect right now as a Florida State fan. I was not nervous about this today, but I was kind of hesitant. I thought it was too soon. And, and you know, a lot of people were writing about it, and I've I received a lot of information. Oh, did Florida State just do this because they were left out of the college football playoff? No. They've been working on this for over a year, but this sped up the process. There's, there's no question. You know, they were scheduled to meet in January. Reportedly, they're going to meet again in January. I I think being left out probably got them to this point sooner as opposed to later. I I still think that if they were in the playoff, this was coming in 2024. I do. I I really believe that because they they don't think they can compete making 30-some-odd less million dollars uh, per year compared to what is going on right now in the Big Ten as well as the SEC. All right, real quick, five Jaguar players, all questionable. We talked about that earlier if you're joining us for the first time. uh, Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco. Brenton Strange has been out for three weeks. Uh, Zay Jones questionable, although earlier today, Doug Peterson said that he's probably not going to play. Jones didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, The big news is all on Trevor Lawrence. He practiced today. Listed officially as limited. According to Doug Peterson, you're allowed to do that during this particular phase of the concussion protocol. He has still not officially been cleared. I, I, I have to think that's coming tomorrow. All right. Tampa Bay has gotten healthier throughout the course of the week. Um, Rakeem Jarrett's not going to go. I want to say he was, he's been on the IR, just had not given him much anyway as a backup wide receiver. But they had quite a few guys who are limited. Right now, they only have two that are questionable. That's Will Golston, you know, defensive lineman, and uh, Antoine Winfield as a safety. You know, guys who are nicked up, Vitavia, uh, or Vitavia, uh, Devin White, Ryan Neal, Chris Godwin, they all practice in full today. So Tampa Bay is going to be a very healthy football team as well, or healthier, uh, coming up here against Jacksonville on Sunday. All right, when we return, we got much more to do. That's going to include our weekly picks, Baloo and JJ. We've got one college game. I mean, if Rutgers is playing the U, You know we have to put that on the list, even with all of the U players who have opted out. And what a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in the NFL. If you're not aware of this yet, three games will be played on Christmas Day. So let's come back. We'll make our picks as we do each and every week. That is on the other side.
0: Let's go into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Gordon Lightfoot as well, Uh, one of the great singer-songwriters
1: of all time. Canadian rock,
2: Canadian soft rock, folk rock. Lost a lot
1: of Canadians. Robbie Robertson of the band, uh, Robbie Bachman, drummer. Uh, Bachman turned Overdrive, and we uh, unfortunately lost Gordon Lightfoot. He was just here recently, like the Florida Theater. I was going to go, but I don't know what happened. Something else came up. We did lose some great Uh, singer-songwriters. David Crosby died. You know, very complicated human being. Another outstanding documentary. I mentioned the the Eagles one a little bit earlier. Uh, Poor David Crosby, man. His mouth just got him in trouble. Imagine that. we lost some good ones. I'm I'm going to go through a a list here in about 20 minutes. Uh, Typically, I do this next week, but, uh, again, this is JJ and our last show. Uh, Next week on noon to three, I'll be doing it alongside Hacker. So I just – we lose so many, you know. I just saw here Laverne and Shirley. We, We lost Shirley. We lost Cindy Williams. I'd forgotten about that so just hundreds upon hundreds uh, but i've kind of highlighted ones that that meant something uh to me uh and you know it's it's very subjective it's all it's all different but certainly some incredible artists have uh have left us in the year 2023
0: now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk-Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. All
1: right, it's time. We got a ball game going on right now. It's our only one on a Friday night. My goodness, UCF up 14-0 over Georgia Tech. It's the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? Uh, I'm um, going to guess Tampa? Louisiana.
1: I don't know. I, I honestly do not know they they gave us all of those words they didn't tell us what town yes Tampa it is in Tampa okay we have a developing situation my goodness last week Belu goes seven and three the
2: fan favorite JJ went four and six I am right now 83 and 67 I believe I am 93 and
1: 57 I got a 10 game lead. Let's get after it. Rutgers and the U. I'll give you an opportunity right now, right here. I'll take Rutgers.
2: Yeah, we don't have a quarterback. <laughs> uh, so, the last time this guy, JaCurry Brown, played was like last season against Florida State. All he can do is really run. He was planning on redshirting, he was planning on transferring, but somehow they got him to play. Uh, I'm going to pick Miami. Just because I think they definitely have the better athletes, but this is going to be a weird one. For those of you wondering,
1: uh, Rutgers and Miami. Rutgers should have the the home crowd since it will be played in the Bronx. It's the Yankee Bowl, and it's going to be on Thursday at 2.15.
2: Although there's Canes fans all over, so I would imagine there's going to be a nice Northeastern contingent. Uh, yeah, I'll be at work, unfortunately, during the game.
1: There you go. That is the only college game that we're going to play uh, this week. With that said, we have nine games in the National Football League. I'm going to go 9-0. and, nine and oh. Three weeks remain. Look at the lines this week. They're all like three points or less. Just incredible. A uh, couple of games on Saturday. Uh, one should, on paper, it looks like a blowout. That's Buffalo and Los Angeles. The other looks incredibly tight. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. You are up.
2: Now, Mason Rudolph is starting on Christmas weekend. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to roll with that. But I'm going to go with Browning, a.k.a. Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm going to do the same. I think Cincinnati's playing some
1: some pretty good football. Eight and six. Both those teams right now are two to three wild card teams. Uh, in the NFL, all right, my pick: Indy at Atlanta. My goodness, it feels like Atlanta's kind of, kind of cashed their chips after losing last week, uh, obviously to um, Carolina. Um, Colts are right there uh, as uh, a wild card team, as we know, still in it uh, with a record of eight and six. Atlanta's actually favored, yes, but I'm going to take
2: Indianapolis here on the road. I agree. Inexplicably, Atlanta is favored. I don't think they should be favored over anyone in the NFL. I'm taking Minshew. All right, right back to you. All right, JJ, Seattle gets a last-second touchdown. How about the
1: last three Monday night games where teams just go the entire field with like less than a minute to go? Remember a week ago Monday, we had two games, and then watching this against Philadelphia the other night. But a short week for Seattle, a long flight. To Nashville, Tennessee plays hard. It's your pick. Who do you like, Seattle or
2: Tennessee? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Seattle. Uh, who's even playing quarterback for Tennessee? Is it Tannehill? Well, I, you know it, what? I'm changing my pick right now. I'm taking the Titans. I think it is Tannehill. My understanding is that's yeah okay. You know what? That,
1: my understanding is that it, it is going to uh, be Tannehill. All right, so you want to go with, uh, go with the Tennessee? Titans. I'm going to take Seattle here. Okay, I'm going to go against you. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay with Detroit. I, yeah. I just am. They they went through that funk and it caught them. I think they went one and two in the in the course of three weeks, but they have found it once again.
2: And yeah, their defense is terrible, but mm-hmm. uh, this is a small lines more than you would think. It's only like three points, but I'm rolling with the lines as well. Let me
1: see. Where did I do that? That's Detroit at Minnesota. We both like Detroit. I mean, crying out loud, Blue you, you've—I've now chosen five straight road teams. Mm. Something about that is—is uh, is fishy. And it's my pick. It's—it's it's Cleveland at Houston, right? I mean, a must-win game, really, for both teams. Cleveland's nine and five. Uh, the Texans are eight and six. C.J. Stroud not going to play again. I'm going to take yet another road team. Give me Cleveland on the road.
2: Yeah, Flacco and company. I'm rolling with the defense. I think uh, I don't remember who the backup for Case Keenum, I believe. I think the Case Keenum win streak ends here. Dallas at Miami. (sighs) Uh, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Dolphins, but I don't feel confident about it.
1: Man, that's the hardest one for me to pick. It's a pick Virtually, virtually. Yeah, it, it virtually is. Uh, not as hot there as it normally is. when it's just the day before Christmas. I'll go against you here. I'll take Dallas, give you Miami. So at least we have uh, rooting interests here. All right, we got a couple of games left. This one's kind of a stinker, but I had to come up with another game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Washington at New York. I like this one.
2: I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Jets. I actually think the Jets' defense, which we praised throughout the entire season up until a few weeks ago, I think they've given up. Um, They're actually favored in this game, but I'm going to go against you. Um, I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. Baltimore
1: at San Francisco. Your I, I am taking the the New York Jets. I, I believe I said yes, that. Yes, you did. Uh, go ahead. Baltimore at San Francisco. That is one of three games that will be played this coming Christmas day and night. That is Monday.
2: Yeah, easy for me. I think the Ravens are the most overhyped team right now in the NFL, overrated. Um, I think San Francisco matches up perfectly against them, too. I'm going with the Niners in a route. All right. I'm going to take
1: San Francisco as well. I uh, just think that they are the the best team right now in in all of football. I mean, there's really no other way uh, to say it. All right, let's get to our final pick, Jacksonville. Ugh. Christmas Eve in Tampa. Tell you what, I I mean, we've obviously talked about it all week, but we JJ and I talked about uh, this pick uh, quite a few times off the air. I have been all about picking Tampa all week long I really have and, and I gotta tell you I I thought Tuesday and Wednesday and and yesterday maybe started to to turn a little bit that that Trevor's out but here it is a day later at on a Friday at 7 22 and I feel like Trevor Lawrence is playing so I'm gonna take the Jaguars
2: to win in Tampa Bay on Sunday I think Trevor plays too, but I, it doesn't matter to me. I think the Bucks are going to win this one. I think they're just the better team. I think the Jags are limping, limping, limping into the playoffs. Uh, not good right now. I'll go with the Bucs. Not right, there. You have it. Uh, I'll take
1: Rutgers. JJ's going to take the U. That is in the Bronx Let's next go Thursday Canes! at 2:15. NFL games. We both like Cincy and Pitt. We both like Indy at Atlanta. I will take Seattle. J.J.'s going to take Tennessee at home. We both like Detroit Minnesota. We both like Cleveland and Houston. I'm taking Dallas. J.J.'s taking Miami. I'm taking New York, that being the Jets in New Jersey. J.J.'s taking Washington. We both like San Francisco. I'm taking the Jags. J.J.'s taking the Bucs. Season totals, Blue 93-57, and 57. J.J. 83. And 67. Yikes. If you're wondering, top seed Baltimore won in the AFC. Two seed is Miami. They would play host a seven seed Indianapolis. Three seed Kansas City. They would play host a six seed Cincinnati. Four seed Jacksonville. They would play host a five seed Cleveland if the playoffs were to end today. Uh, but, you know, in the AFC, only three teams have been eliminated. Tennessee. The New York Jets and the New England Patriots, okay? Teams I did not mention who are still in it. Houston and Bu- Buffalo may be the best team right now in the AFC. And they're not even in the playoffs at eight and six. They're just outside. Houston and Buffalo at eight and six. Pittsburgh and Denver at seven and seven. Vegas and at six and eight. And the Chargers still in it at five and nine. Real quick, NFC. San Francisco, the bye. Number two, Dallas hosting number seven, Minnesota. Number three, Detroit hosting number six, the Los Angeles Rams. Number four, Tampa Bay hosting number five, Philadelphia. Uh, NFC teams that still are in it for a wild card, you've had three teams eliminated in the NFC Carolina, Arizona, and Washington. Therefore, Seattle at seven and seven, still in it. Saints, seven and eight after losing last night, still in it. Falcons, Packers at 6 and 8 in it. Some 5 and 9 teams are in it. The Giants and the Bears. Oh my god. Still with an outside shot of getting a wild card team in the NFC. All right, on the other side. Gonna let's go through. Let's take a look at some really special people that we lost in in a lot of different fields, uh, a ton of athletes coming up. It's always sad at the end of the year when you look back at some of the greats who have passed. I, again, I typically do this next week, but this is JJ in our final show. Uh, next week, I'll be on noon three with Hacker. So, I, I wanted to do this tonight, and it's coming up on the other side.
0: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM,
1: Right, I do this once a year. It's not enjoyable, but I think it's it's about a lot of respect that I have for so many people, including Robbie Bachman right here, drummer of uh, Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Talk, talked about him a little bit earlier in the program. Gary Rossington passed, obviously, with Lynyrd Skinner. We mentioned Tina Turner, David Crosby, Gordon Lightfoot, Jimmy Buffett, Tony Bennett. Uh, the great Robbie Robertson, right, of uh, the band, Jeff Beck. So some pretty cool rock and roll artists. Jim Ladd died over the weekend. Jim Ladd was like one of the first FM disc jockeys. Jim Ladd was friends with Tom Petty and members of Pink Floyd and, and all of these, he was a legend he 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 had their trust and and back in the day you know when you wanted your album played tom petty actually dedicated a song to him i think it was called the last dj um but that's what it was about for these disc jockeys back in the day you you wanted your music played so you would get with these dj's and you come into the studio and sit with them and play the music and talk about the album, and then going out on tour, and you name it, man. The Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, um, John Lennon. I mean, Jim Ladd was a pioneer, so definitely want to spend, you know, a couple of minutes and, and mention him, uh, who did pass. Uh, you, you know, I, and that won't resonate with everyone, uh, but it does to me. Suzanne Summers loved her mentioned Cindy Williams earlier from Laverne and Shirley. How about Suzanne Somers? Uh, Matthew Perry died recently. I don't know if I was a big fan of his, but certainly many of you out there were. Ryan O'Neal, right? The rich kid from Harvard, right? With the uh, love story, R- Ryan O'Neal. Um, no doubt. Huge. Man, Hockey. I mean, just just, uh, just amazing to me uh, who we lost this year on ice. It's, um, it's really sad. It is. Bobby Hull. We used to have an event here called the Jaspers when I was here in the 90s and I was on the ball. I got three sheets to the wind one night with Bobby Hull. and It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was Warwick Dunn, who didn't drink much. Sitting at a table, Bobby Hall and a couple of other uh, buddies, I, was, I think I was in between girlfriends or something, and, and Bobby Hall, man, the Golden Jet, one of the greatest hockey players of that era. took the huge money to go to WHA or w, uh, was it the world? WHL, the World Hockey League and then came back to the NHL. And, and, you know, you could say what you want. You can give me Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, or Dale and Dale Jr., whatever, is uh, Hank, uh, you know, Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds. As far as I'm concerned, the best father-son combination in the history of athletics is Bobby Hall, brett Hall.
2: He passed. It was Peter- actually a Western Hockey League, by the way. Well, I know it was a World Hockey the what Western Hockey League it was all it was uh 1966 it started and it was like all western canadian and northwestern american teams it came over to the states too because mm-hmm, yeah. Derek Sanderson went there i think it became the world hockey league Seattle Thunderbolt Thunderbirds Spokane Chiefs Tri-City Americans okay
1: Vancouver Giants Borg Shalming died great player in in uh Toronto Hall of Famer. Gino Oldrick died, man. What a tough dude. Vancouver. Gentle giant. Would fight anyone. What a teammate. You know, he was one of those guys you heard off the ice. He was as nice as can be. But on the ice, just fearless. Died at 52. Way too young. Gilles Gilbert died. I freaking loved Gilles Gilbert. And in Boston, man, him and Jerry Cheevers, I, I still can't believe that they didn't win a Stanley Cup with Gilles Gilbert. Boston only winning in 70 and 72 with the Big Bad Bruins is kind of like Bowden only winning twice with all those great teams. They're kind of like Bobby Cox only winning once with all those teams. I, I just can't believe it happened. Uh, but it did. Billy Packer died. Kind of a um uh, you know very good but but very uh curmudgeonly you know just had that for a very long period of time uh, we had uh Tim Brando on the night that that Billy died, and Tim was good friends with him and they worked together at uh, at CBS sports and uh, Tim Brando also joined us the night that Bob Knight died. Gave us that story, which was a very intriguing one. Conrad Dobler, maybe the the dirtiest football player of all time, or if not one of them, with that offensive line, with the Cardinals and the Saints. Bud Grant died at 95. All those great teams in Minnesota. Uh, Otis Taylor. A Hall of Famer. Dick Buckus, maybe the best linebacker of all time. Jim Brown, maybe the best football player, period, of all time. You know, I asked my dad for years, who's the best running back you ever saw? Jim Brown. He was great. Vita Blue died. Man, Vita Blue. I love those old A's uniforms. I got one of Vita Blue in my, uh, in ba- in my bar in my house. I, I don't know why I love the old A's. I mean, of course, I'm a Red Sox guy, but I love the A's. Willie Hernandez died. Man, the guy in 84 is a relief pitcher. Won the MVP and Cy Young in the same year for Detroit. Tim Wakefield died. How did that happen? Just awful. Tim Wakefield. Wow, that one hurt. Hurt a lot of folks in Boston. It really did. Willis Reed died. You know, that, that's a go-to for the rest of our life. It's like the Willis Reed moment. Coming back and playing hurt. Willis Reed did next to nothing in that game, statistically speaking, yet it, it's something that is, is going to live forever. Chris Ford died. Grew up watching him. First three-pointer in the history, history of the NBA. Chris Ford, I, you know, you had Tiny Archibald and Chris Ford, and then they were replaced by Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge. I remember the guard turnover there in Boston growing up, and, and two of the four are gone, man. Chris Ford's gone, and, uh, and DJ's gone. He's been gone for quite some time. Awful news there. DJ Hayden, former Jaguar, passed. You know, most of his years with the Raiders, but he did play here. Alex Collins died at the age of 28 this year. Motorcycle accident. Mike Williams died this year at the age of 36. Construction. I believe I read the other day that they found something in his body, some sort of, uh, not virus, but um, some sort of, uh, oh, heck. Bacteria. Bacteria. Thank you. Thank you. Denny Crumb died. Never forget my first or second year at Florida State, double overtime game. The year after Never Nervous Purvis Ellison and Denny Crumb won a, a natty in Louisville, the old Metro Conference. Louisville came in. Take on George McLeod and Tat Hunter and Tony Dawson and company and Pat Kennedy. I miss Pat Kennedy. He's still alive, but man, i would to tell you, no one bought beers like Pat Kennedy. Whether it was here or he went to Chicago around the same time I did when he was at DePaul. He's still with us. Unfortunately, Denny Crum is not. Superstar Billy Graham. Wrestling's real. It was watching him. Uh, Terry Funk died. Terry Funk is going to be one of the greatest sellers of all time, not named Ric Flair. Funk sold it. Chair to the head, sell it. Barb Wire to the face, sell it. You know, he had kind of the Abdul the Butcher in him if you wanted to get him with a razor blade. Terry Funk didn't have the body, didn't have the look. Man, he sold it. Bray Wyatt died. Probably half his age. The Iron Sheik died. The Iron Sheik spent his entire life in character. I I don't know why or, or where, but I've just bumped into people over the years that have told me, like, they ran into him uh, in an airport or whatever, and he remained in character. You, you probably heard him call into the Howard Stern show and stuff like that, but... It's not too often that folks stay in, uh, in that particular category. Raquel Welch died. You know, one of the first ever supermodels, I got to believe, right? Marilyn Monroe, Raquel Welch. So, I think that's, I think that's it, you know? I, I lost my mother, and it was awful. I lost her at 80. But I'm not sad because i got to tell you, if you have anyone that you love and you watch them suffer, it's the worst. And she had so many brain surgeries and at the end it was just, it was really, really bad. So whether it's cancer or Alzheimer's or dementia or no matter what it is, watching someone that you love suffer is just brutal. So I do miss my mom. It'll be a sad Christmas, uh, our first ever without her. I'm going to go pick up my dad tomorrow morning. We're going to tip many at his bar in Tampa. Then I'm going to wake up first thing Sunday morning, head back here. Around this time on Sunday night, hopefully after a Jaguars victory, we'll be throwing them back at the Blue Crab Crab House, which is open till nine o'clock on Sunday. But I do miss my mom. I love her, man. She didn't allow me to cut any corner. She was a tough lady, and beautiful. But she's in a much better place now. So believe it or not, I, I, I actually feel better than I thought I would, because it's not ever worth watching someone suffer the way it was watching her at the very end. So there you have it. Those are folks who left us in 2023. If you lost someone in 2023, celebrate it one more time, whether it was a a hero of yours that you never saw and never met, or someone close to you, like my mom was uh, to me. Make sure you spend some time with that as we wrap up this year. All right, final thoughts
0: coming up right here on the side. Into the Night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: And unfortunately, we did lose Jacksonville's Gary Rosington, the final member of the original Leonard Skinner. So, great life born in 1951, did pass in March of 2023. Uh, You know, formed the Rosington Collins band for a little bit after the uh, the tragedy of the of the plane accident, but Gary Rosington, right here in Jacksonville, unfortunately, who we lost him as well in the year 2023.
0: Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, uh, for me, it's uh, it's
1: pretty simple, man. It's all about Trevor Lawrence. Very encouraging day, the fact that Doug Peterson said that he would practice. He did just that, officially listed as questionable. After limited work on this Friday, he still must pass the concussion protocol. All right? Uh, but I, I, I got to believe, and things are looking much better for him and there being an opportunity. On uh, on Sunday, I I didn't feel that way a couple of days ago. Again, this this isn't an ankle where you can tough it out. Uh, There are tests that you must pass. You have to be cleared by doctors. You can't fake your way through a concussion. So we'll see what happens. But certainly this is great news uh, for Trevor Lawrence. By the way, the good folks over at Key Buick uh, GMC love my GMC Sierra truck. The GF loves her. View at Gonclave, plenty of opportunity for you left, including tomorrow to head on out there. 24 is on the lots, 23 is on the lots, and that'll actually continue after Christmas as well. Still a week until the new year. So check them out right across the street from Tinseltown, South Side and Gate.
0: Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. All right, Hacker Nation, here we go. Final show
1: this week uh, before you and I get together next week, which should be a whole heck of a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, looking forward to that, certainly, in Tuesday through Friday, me and you, noon to three, so uh, not sure how I'll react being back in the daylight. That'll be something uh, very exciting, I'm sure, for both of us. But yeah. as far as this game on Sunday, look, Trevor Lawrence... Is he Michael Myers at this point? I mean, mm-hmm. is he Jason Voorhees? Once you think he's down and out and done, yep. and he just keeps getting up, keeps coming back for more. It is amazing that it looks like he's – I mean, if you're a betting man, he's probably going to play yeah. on Sunday, right? Yeah.
1: It's um, it's crazy because last night I had Rafael Esparza on, and he said they're they're treating this as though he's going to play. And I'm like, man, I mean, the line is totally switched. You have the Rappaport tweet that comes out that says, if you don't practice Wednesday and Thursday, chances are you're not going to play. Then we wake up today, we find out that he is going to give it a go. It's amazing that those folks in Vegas always seem to be ahead of everything else.
3: Yeah, well, well, that's why they are who they are, (laughs) right? It's why they get paid what they get paid. Uh, But, yeah, look, and and I said this last night, I've had a feeling all week they're going to win the game. And and I'm never going to be confused for ultra-positive Jaguar fan. If you follow me on social media on game days, you'll probably know that. I'm never sunshine and rainbows guy, but Tampa Bay played so well last week. Probably their best game of the year. They are red hot. Jacksonville's ice cold. The Buccaneers are at home. Everything in your football fiber says Tampa Bay should win this game on Sunday. But I have had the feeling all week that Jacksonville is going to go down to Tampa, Florida and find a way to win a football game.
1: Yeah, I, I all week I've been leaning towards Tampa. We JJ and JJ and I made our picks about thirty minutes ago. I picked the Jags. Yeah, so yeah. I and I'm doing it because it it feels like Cisco's going to play. It feels like Campbell's going to play. And yes, it feels like Trevor Lawrence is going to play. What else is coming up tonight?
3: Yeah, we got a ton of NFL. We got Tyler Sullivan, CBS I'm going to talk Jags and AFC South with him. My buddy Zig Fracasi, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Love getting Zig on to talk ball. And, uh, you know, look, this Florida State thing is pretty wild. I, I know you've been talking about it, but uh, while I'm here real quick, I mean, what's your take on the lawsuit that was going to be filed or I guess is going to be filed uh, later on?
1: Yeah, they said a lot of interesting things today, much better than I expected going in. I, I thought there was a chance it would be more belly aching and complaining, but it, it feels like uh, they believe they found loopholes here in this grant of rights. And, you know, they want the – what, they want, uh, what is it, $652 million? I, I don't even remember what the figure is. It, it's crazy what they think they're going to get, the Atlantic Coast Conference. I can tell by watching the Board of Trustees meetings today, Florida State's planning on spending nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't think they're going to give up a, a dime. Now, my guess is they'll settle, okay? It's going to take a long time, and I don't know what that number is going to be. I, I think Florida State's still going to have to pay to leave, Um but I don't think that they want this going to court. I don't think they want to bring in ESPN and the ACC and bring up Discovery. Um, it's going to be really intriguing. I feel better today about Florida State's chances than I did last night.
3: The crazy thing about it, too, they can't get out till June of 2025, right? right? Yep. So they're going to be a part of the Atlantic Coast Conference next year. and. I can assure you if there's a call that doesn't go their way in one of those ACC games with ACC officials, yeah, boy, that'll be some conspiracy theories next season.
1: Is your uh, son making a, a live on-air uh, appearance? Uh, yeah,
3: Little Hack is in the building. We're going to yeah. pick up grandparents uh, after the show this evening. So he might make an on-cameo appearance, and we're going to get him to record a special message for the 1010XL mm-hmm. listeners All that right. we'll put on social media this weekend.
1: All right, Hack. Merry Christmas. I'll see you next week. Thanks, um, again, we're on 12-3 to 3 next week. Uh, so I will not be with you here at night. That'll obviously go back uh, once we roll into the month of January and uh, and crank in to the year 2024.
2: JJ, uh, your first uh, Christmas as a newlywed. Yes, I bought extra gifts this year just to make her happy. Uh, quickly, a listener wanted us to give a shout out in remembrance to Carrie Hart, local who passed away this year as well.
1: Carrie was an outstanding man. Loved the aqua grill. But a few rounds of golf with Kerry, um, and have a lot of love for him as well. So I'm glad that that was brought to my attention. He is missed as well. Folks, have an unbelievable and safe Christmas. Hacker and I will talk with you Tuesday, 12 to 3, right here in your home of the Jack.